0: Good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 35, and back with me on the coaching staff is, of course, my main man, Mr. Tony D. This, Mr. Viss, how are you doing this fine Sunday evening?
1: I'm doing well, Marty. Just a little puzzled with our weather. You know, I felt like, you know, a week or a week and a half ago, we were well on our way this spring and maybe an early summer, and all of a sudden we've seen winter uh yeah. reappear a couple different times.
0: Yeah, we got a we got a freeze warning in Omaha tonight. So, um I unscrewed my faucets outside so that my garden hose weren't weren't uh, hooked up to them. Tough lesson learned. Uh there and yeah, hopefully hopefully this will be the last blast type of thing, but I thought that was what had happened a week and a half or 2 weeks ago. So, um yeah. It's a good thing we coach an indoor sport, though we don't. Oh, oh wait, no, you coach soccer. That's an outdoor sport. I right? do. Yeah, yeah. You've been staying warm on the sideline.
1: Uh, been been putting multiple layers on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Are you are you, are you like uh, Randy from A Christmas Story? where you? I can't put my arms down. <laughs> um, no, not quite that. Though. Oh, gotcha. All right. Uh episode number thirty-five, Mister Viss. I have. I have six uniform numbers for you this week. Five of them are baseball players. I've only got one basketball player this week.
1: Oh, boy. I don't have baseball. Not not, not my strong suit. We'll see what happens.
0: All right. What do you got for... Okay, one basketball player. Number 35. KD. KD. Nardog nailed it. All right. Now we're getting into the baseball stuff. Um, One, two, three... All, uh, I think four of the five are in the Hall of Fame. One is still active, and he will be in the Hall of Fame. Let's start with the let's start with the active player, pitcher, pitcher, and won a World Series last year.
1: So it would have been on the Astros. Yeah. Um, is he still on the Astros?
0: I don't believe he is.
1: Okay, so Verlander.
0: Yep. There you go. I got a first baseman, a catcher, an outfielder, and a second baseman.
1: Oh man, I have. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm probably old for 4 <laughs>
0: I'm gonna, I don't think. I don't know how this number got associated unless he wore it earlier. Joe Morgan was a 35, but I always thought he was number eight. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I would have never got Joe Morgan yeah, in okay. a million years as 35. All right. So, um, and this other one. Yeah, I think he's a number eight too, but I could be wrong. All these guys are. I, you know what? I'm gonna take everybody. Okay, so I had Joe Morgan, I had Yogi Berra, but he was like number eight, wasn't he? Huh? Yeah. And Rick, I, I don't know the number. I but... Yeah, thirty-five doesn't sound right with Yogi Berra. No. And then Ricky Henderson, but he was more of a number twenty-four, I believe, because he, him, and Barry Bond, My my high school number was number twenty-four because you know
1: I were the my, next Ricky and Barry.
0: Yeah, combined.
1: Like I could see that, the yeah. speed and the power.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the quotability as well. So. Yes. Uh, so that just leaves us with what? Now, I know this guy was number 35 for his entire career. Um, Let me give you a hint here. Uh, he's in the American League first baseman and designated hitter.
1: American League first baseman, designated hitter, hall of famer.
0: Mm hmm. hangs out with Doug Flutie a lot on TV. Oh, the big hurt Frank Thomas. There you go, buddy. There you go. Yep. So I, I'm really only counting Thomas Durant and Verlander on that list. Cause I don't know how, uh, and I'm guessing obviously at some point, Ricky and, and Yogi and Joe Morgan wore 35, obviously, but I don't know. But uh, there, there are different numbers in my mind. So, okay. All right. Okay. Um, all right, this week, episode number thirty-five. Now that we're through the uniform thing, we didn't. Uh, we got that done first instead of last, like we did last week, Tony. Um, we wanted to talk about uh, working with coworkers. Working, and when we say coworkers, we're talking about other coaches uh, on staff. Uh, maybe it's your own staff, but what I was thinking, Tony, when we were batting this around was, uh, as the head basketball coach working with the football coach or working with the volleyball coach and that type of thing. And just advice because those sometimes are really, really good relationships. Uh, You know, I was really fortunate when I was at SCUT. uh, Matt Turman is still one of my good friends uh, and, and he coached football. Now we weren't you know, we weren't, we didn't have the same players, you know, because obviously different genders. Uh, but, you know, at my new job, uh, TJ O'Connor's a great guy to work with. Really enjoy working with him. Uh, Roy Priner, our baseball coach, great guy. Our, our, our softball coach, Mandy Taylor, right next door to me, you know, so forth and so on. Uh, but, Occasionally, you're going to come into situations where, A, you either need to establish relationships or sometimes your relationship isn't working out the way that you want to. And what are some ways that you can do that and make it better with other coaches? Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking here with Tony. Is that is that the direction you kind of wanted to go as well?
1: Yeah, we can, we can definitely take it that way. Because, I mean, one of the things we want to make sure, that I think, that we get out tonight is the fact that, you don't want to have issues with those other sports, you know, like you talked about earlier, whether it's volleyball and basketball, football and basketball, whatever the case may be, because the ones that end up getting hurt in this are the players. And so you want to make sure that you do have a good relationship and you're not putting your players in the middle.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Thousand percent. So, um, I got about six, seven, eight bullet points here, Tony. You want me to go first on something? Yeah.
1: Sounds like you got, got a good start going.
0: All right. So, um, for me, number one thing is, and I, and I think it's important that you do this because sometimes we get uh, tunnel vision. We put on the we put on the blinders and we're moving forward. I, I do think it's important to take a look at things from their perspective, uh, to try and, and really listen to them, and uh, in, in the sense of okay, if if I were the softball coach, would I want this to happen? Um. And and do I need to be cognizant of yes that is probably something that the softball program needs and this is something that I want therefore the softball program should have precedence on this particular situation or whatever it may be you know you you can you can win and get about anything uh, that you want in in a situation with working with other coaches but you can't get everything that you want tony and i think that's really important to remember is is try to take a look at it from their perspective and and try to walk a mile in their shoes you know all these clichés here i'm going to see if i can set a record for clichés in this uh, <laughs> podcast here but but taking a look at it from their perspective and and try to have that i'm not just worried about girls basketball if i was the volleyball coach and girls basketball was doing this how would how would i feel you know, and I and I think that's something that I really try to do uh in my job is I really try to think about if I'm gonna do this for for girls basketball, how's this gonna affect volleyball, how's it gonna affect softball, how's it gonna affect all our other activities in, in our in our system? So that was number one on my list, Tony.
1: Yeah, I think that's really key. Um the fact that you know, you got to walk a mile in somebody's shoes and, you know, as you, you sit down and take a look at how this impacts them, that's definitely something you want to do because you can't have the blinders on. Um, you want to make sure that you are looking out for what's best for the athletes. And Mm -hmm. so, um, if you can have that where you weigh that in there, um, you're going to find that you're making really, really good decisions and you're making decisions that are best for kids, which is what I think most coaches want to do.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, what do you got, buddy? Throw something yeah, out.
1: my first one, um, you know... I think when you talk about working with them, um, you know, one of the things that you want to do is you want to sit down with the the major sports that that are taking a look at their different things for the summer and you want to sit down and make sure you have conversations with them. You know, hey, as you get to this point of the year, because we have summer baseball, Mm -hmm. um, do you want our guys playing five on five? And if they say no, I think you have to honor that request. And, you know, I think on top of that, as you sit there and you walk through things, you know, when you try to make out a a plan, okay, who's going to take this first part, you know? So like, for example, with us, our football program, they take that early morning, they're going in, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think they start at six. And Mm -hmm. then after that, uh, baseball wants them. And so we allow that to happen. And then a little bit later in the morning around 11, that's when we start, start to get going. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you kind of stagger it out and, and put it in there, then um, you don't have a situation where you're putting the kids in the middle, and you can make a really good, really good decision for them. So I think you just have to sit there and get your camp calendars to mesh up mm-hmm. and you have to make sure that you give priority to the sport that's in season. And for us, during the summer, and that's what I'm specifically talking about here. Um, you know, just that summer planning is baseball's the one in season, and so you have to may not necessarily agree with what they want, but at the same time, they're the sport in season. You would hope, as they do, their you know our, our baseball team sometimes starts up their throwing program in November. You would hope that they give you similar um mm-hmm. in terms of you know priority and, and, and discretion and stuff that goes along with it
0: yeah kind of piggybacking on that one tony and i really like that you got to be consistent with your rhetoric so like you were saying tony uh you know in iowa you guys have summer baseball that's that's what i played uh when i was doing my best ricky henderson barry bonds imitation back in the late 80s and early 90s but you know if 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 you're saying, if you're coming into it, say, hey, we got to respect each other. We got to do this. We got to do that. And then the base, and you ask the baseball coach, you and John asked the baseball coach, hey, we want to play some five on five. We want to do this team camp. Hey, you know what? We got districts coming up. We got sub-state coming up. I really don't want them playing that, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Then you got to, then you got to say, hey, I'm good with that. You know, I'm good with that. I respect that. I, I'm, I'm going to walk that walk and and not only am i gonna walk the or talk the talk i'm gonna walk the walk here and and so being consistent with your own rhetoric if if you're saying hey this is the way we're going to handle it this is the way we're going to do it if you tell us not to do five on five we're not going to do five on five starting at around the fourth of july let's say i'm just throwing a random thing out there tony um yeah. but then you're like ah oh, but i really want to do this aau thing or whatever and john takes them to uh, to Iowa city for some open gym and two guys come back with swollen ankles because they rolled them because they're playing hoops after you told them, that's a really, really bad look on you. So, uh, I think you need to be clear, concise with your communication. And, and, but I, I think that is so important to be really, really consistent and, uh, you know, to let folks know, uh, that type of stuff. Um, and kind of building on that, Tony, the communication part of it is is so very very key. Now I know a lot of situations, uh, even in our small small school, Tony, uh, not all of our coaches are in our building, uh, so there's a lot of email that that goes back and forth. But if you've got something going on with a with a with a coach, you you need to you need to communicate that with them in a clear and concise manner. Uh, you, you you have to. And avoid the emails and the texts, If especially if it's a really big deal. Uh, you need to, you know, the, the lost art of having a clear and concise and civil conversation face-to-face, even if you know this person is not going to agree to what you're talking about, you need to do that. I mean, you, you need to be willing to do that and, and to communicate with your other coaches within your building, within your system. And, and there's going to come a time where somebody's going to want to talk to you about something that you're doing, and maybe you know that you're doing it, maybe you don't know that you're doing it, but you've got to be willing to have those face-to-face communications and conversations with with other coaches within your system, because that is, is in so many ways, how things get cleared up. You can email back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but... Uh, a two minute conversation can alleviate a week's worth of emails if you're just willing to do it. So I think it's so important to communicate. And like you said, Tony, it, you know the people that get penalized when we get into this stuff are the kids, and that's what we need to think about as well.
1: Yeah, and you know I think that's one of the things that's that's lost. You know, with with kind of right now is the fact that. We don't have the face-to-face conversation. I mean, I I, I love email. I love text and different things like that because of their convenience. But you don't always get to see somebody's facial expression or hear the tone in their voice. And sometimes, you know, the the email or the text gives you a little bit of room to wonder, you know, and, and I just think that ability to have a face-to-face conversation is becoming a lost art in the world that we live in, which is, which is a sad thing. And it's something that we as adults need to be able to model to our players, uh, the ability to have a face-to-face conversation and be able to compromise and, you know, and, and so that you can be flexible and work together and put your program and other programs, because I hope all coaches root for other programs to have success as well as their own. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. and, And being supportive of other people. You know, going to, you know, me as, as, a, as a coach of females, uh, going to softball games, going to track meets in the spring to support our kids, uh, that type of stuff. And I'm sure I know you do the same thing at Kennedy, Tony. You're going to, to football games and letting the kids see you there because they, they do appreciate that. And the other coaches appreciate that support as well. Don't you think, Tony?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know. Our head baseball coach, uh, when our varsity played in West Des Moines, he went to that game. And Mm -hmm. I know that meant a lot to John and our players. Uh, You know, we share a handful of players, Uh, at both levels handful at the varsity handful at the sophomore handful at the freshman um, as far as all levels we share and so I just think it's one of those things when you have multiple sport athletes and I hope that is what everybody's still promoting at the high school level giving kids a well-balanced you know with a lot of different experiences um, and you want to make sure that you're working with that so that you can get out of this age of specialization which I don't think is what's best for kids.
0: Absolutely. Coaches do you want to look good Stupid question. Of course you want to look good. We all want to look good. You know what's the best way to look good? Buying yourself some a pen and a napkin merchandise. We've got some really, really good looking stuff here. We've got t-shirts and sweatshirts, and you are not going to regret picking that up. T-shirts are $22 a piece. Sweatshirts are $30 a piece. If I need to mail it to you, it's just $5 shipping and handling to get this good looking stuff out to you. Coaches, I appreciate all that you've done for me over the last three years or so with a pen and a napkin. I hope I've been able to help you out. Might as well come out and help out the Twitter handle and the podcast by ordering some of a pen and a napkin merchandise. And like I said, you get to look good. If you're interested in ordering, you can DM me on Twitter at a pen and a napkin and send me a direct message. Or you can email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and I'll get you those ordering details so that you can order some A Pen and a Napkin merchandise. So, um, what else you got, buddy?
1: Yeah, you know, just in terms of you're kind of sticking along those lines of, you know, what to do with, with their summer. You know, uh we, we make sure that we communicate not only with the coaches and players and parents and all that, but we want to make sure that you know that they know that we're we're flexible with it too. Uh we've got both ends set up. Um, some that want to play five-on-five can do that, and others that, hey, we got a game tonight for baseball. I need my legs to be fresh. You know, we'll get the shooting machine out, or they Mm -hmm. can shoot free throws, or they can partner shoot, or whatever the case may be. And we try to make sure that, you know, we have – the times communicated that when we're off, because we're taking the entire Fourth of July week off, and then there's a dead week that I was now uh, legislated uh, for all sports, and so that way the parents know, uh, along with the coaches, that dead week, and they can plan vacations and do some things there. But you know, just making sure that uh, we're upfront, we're above board, we're not doing anything secret. Um, you know, and we we want kids to be in, but at the same time, you don't have to be in there for for the entire time. And yeah. so I think the coaches will appreciate that, that you have to work with if you have those parameters out there and they know what their their players that are in season or whatever the case may be. And you want to make sure, too, that you're flexible during your season. If you're trying to, you know, work out during the summer, which, you know, programs are that during your season, if the guys want to come in and, and throw, um, you know, because pitchers and catchers can can do quite a bit more um, that you allow that to happen.
0: Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, think that's, again, you know, part of that is that communication piece. Um, I, I, I really think that, you know, you're talking about transparency there too, Tony, and letting people know what you're doing and that type of thing. I, I think one of the keys that you need to have within your coaching staff, and I say coaching staff when I'm talking about head volleyball coach, head football coach, strength and conditioning, you know, you know, all the, all the head coaches, that's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that you need to be transparent and work with your administration as well. You know, you need to uh, let them know what's going on. You need to let them know your viewpoints without being uh, abrasive or uh, aggressive, I guess. Those couple words that come to mind. Uh, let them know what's going on from your point of view. Maybe you know, and, and I think it's important that you fully admit to your administration. Hey, may, I might be wrong on this, but this is the way I'm seeing this situation with with Coach Johnson. You know, can you help me out? Am I wrong here? Am I not wrong? You know, so forth and so on. But it, when in doubt, talk to your administrators. And if you have concerns about another coach, hey. Coach Johnson and I, you know, we're just not seeing eye to eye to this. Can you help me try to figure out a compromise with with him or her or whatever it may be? Uh, Because you know just as well as I do, Tony, administrators are just like us as coaches. They don't want to be caught off guard. And if if there's something brewing between you and Coach Johnson, the last thing they want is to to have it manifest into something, uh, you know, much bigger than what it needs to be. And, and, that, and so I think that full transparency and that full communication, not only b- between you and other coaches on staff, but with your administration, is also really, really important so that the trust level between the coaches and the administration can be as high as it possibly can be.
1: Yeah, and you don't want it to get personal um you know because again when it gets personal kids get caught in the middle and they're the ones that are gonna, they're going to they're going to suffer for it and you know with the ad and involving you know because i'm assuming that's the the first administrator that you're you're mentioning there sure. they will probably have a pretty good idea of what's going on because you know coach johnson or whoever may have come and, and expressed something to them and they also know coach johnson probably better than what you do and maybe can offer hey you know maybe go this this strategy or this route instead mm-hmm. and see if you guys can find some common ground mm-hmm. and so you know if you can involve somebody that knows both of you they might be able to figure out that that common ground and that solution that can move things forward
0: mm-hmm. uh, i got three more things tony what do you got? Okay,
1: uh, you want me to go with another one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you know, going back to kind of what you were talking about too, I, as far as being in person, um, and, and sometimes it might be tough to get a, a ton of people there, but if you can get the the, the sports that have the most kids out, you know, normally that's going to be a football is going to have a lot of kids out, you know, basketball, it's going to have a lot of kids out, baseball, those, those, yeah. if you can get, you know, your, your head coaches and those to sit down with the calendar and then together and meet for, you know, 30 to 60 minutes, I think that goes a long way too. Yeah. And, you know, whether you're planning out, it doesn't have to be where you go the entire year, one sitting, you can meet maybe every three, four, six months or whatever the case may be. But if you can get those guys to sit down and gals to sit down and, and hash things out that way in person with a Google calendar and you've got kind of like a master schedule out there and you know a variety of things that are going on, whether it's, you know, uh, big dances or plays or whatever that are coming up, you might be able to – to. Uh, eliminate a lot of things there and then in person you can find some of those compromises and figure some things out and what you truly need here because like you mentioned you know there might be a big team camp you want to take your players to but that might come up during playoffs for a team and yeah. that that you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to advocate on that where you have to step down but you've got to have an idea the big picture where you're looking at things you know big picture wise in order to make sure that you're making the best decisions
0: mm-hmm um, I really like that. And that's something that we've done the last two or three years at, at our place is sit down, try to hammer out the, the basics of a calendar, and then we tweak it for a week or two. And, and, and sometimes it's easier than others, you know, and, and I get it. I'm not, it's not my season right now, but for like our track coaches, it's it's harder because they're in season, you know, and, uh-huh. and so, you know, it's, uh you know, so I think that those, those sit down conversations and kind of say, okay, you know, here's, here's my non-negotiable, and this kind of brings me to one of my other three points, Tony. Don't ask for anything more than anyone else, but don't accept anything less than anyone else. <clears throat> you know, and, and for me, uh, I know that, uh, I, there, without a doubt, there is probably a coach, at least one coach, at least one, a coach of at least one program, on in in almost every school, that they the the their the perception of that coach by the other coaches is that they think their program is more important than everybody else's, and there are coaches that will, based on that, they will kind of try and bully their way. To saying no, we're gonna do this is what it's good for us and we have to do it here because this is when we want to do it, and we're doing this and we're doing that, and it's up for you guys to adjust to our schedule or or something along those lines, right, Tony? Mm-hmm. And and my whole thing is that's not cool. <laughs> Number one, if you think you're more important than everybody else, then you need to get out of this because it's not about you, it's about the kids. And like I say, if, you, if you're one of those coaches that is not like that, you also just can't be ran over. You just can't be bullied around by another coach who is, you know, doing these type of things. So don't ever ask for anything more than anybody else, but do not accept anything less than what everybody else gets. And I think that's a really important point that all coaches need to look at because, to you and John, your boys' basketball program is the is is very, very important. But to your soccer coach, the, so- the soccer program is the most important program. To the baseball coach, that's the most important program. But they're all important, and we have to realize that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about about humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know,
1: it's not necessarily thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking, you know, less – often of yourself and what you want yes you you just got to make sure that you know you're willing to share you know but at the same time you don't want to be a doormat and and people step on it and so you have to stand up for your program as well but there is a a tightrope and a balance on that one that you have to be careful as you navigate that
0: absolutely buddy so um what else you got
1: yeah, I got one more. Okay. Um, you know and, and then this one, you know we've kind of alluded to it earlier, but just make sure that you're involving uh, your activities director. I know you talked about the fact that your coaches got together and different things. And I don't know if he was there to kind of be the MC or two to, to yeah. be the one that kind of navigated that, but you don't necessarily have to have them there um, if you have a good relationship with the other coaches, but at the same time, when you're done, with whatever document or whatever agreements or whatever that you've made, you know, pass it along to him and say, hey, you know, our our AD's name is Aaron. Hey Aaron, this is what we're thinking. Um is there anything in the activities calendar, is there anything on the school wide calendar, whatever that maybe we're overlooking here? Any any words of wisdom, any, any piece of advice that you want to share with us? Um, because I think if you do that after you spend some time and get another set of eyes to look at it and the, for a fresh set of eyes, and I think the AD wants everybody to, you know, have their fair share and to be successful. Um, then, you know, you take your time, you walk through it, put those finishing touches on it. And then you're not having to go, Oh man, I got to change the documenting. Oh, I got to do this. And you're having to, you know, edit it all the time. You know, if you just kind of take your time and work your way through it and involve your AD, you maybe save, save some of those, you know, handful of edits.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, I got two more here, Tony. Uh, number one, uh, be patient. Uh, if you have a disagreement with another coach you know, anger isn't usually going to solve things. Uh, it's, it's only going to make it worse. You know, and again, that's, that's that uh, empathy or having that perspective. All right, what's the baseball coach really thinking here on this situation? Do I really need to take a look at it from their point of view, so forth and so on? When when you when you get angry, when you get upset, when you get frustrated, you got to take a deep breath. You've got to you, you've got to try and find a way to try to find a way to make this work because, uh, like we've talked about a couple of times, Tony, and this is my last big thought. It's about the kids. It's about the kids, and we have to, as coaches of our programs, think of what is good for the kids. And, yeah, it'd be great. Like, for example, would I love to be able to have skill work four days a week for our kids in the summertime? Absolutely. That'd be awesome. I would love to have four organized sessions every week. But we can't do that in our small school because... Most of our kids are three-sport kids, and so if I have them for—if if they're doing strength and conditioning for uh, an hour every day, then they're doing basketball an hour every day, then they're doing their fall sport for an hour every day, then let's say they're in cheerleading or dance team, that's another hour. So they're literally—they're in school in the summertime almost as much as they are when the school year's going on, you know? They're, they're there probably till noon— and now they don't have a summer because you want to do this, uh, you want to go four times a day. Yeah, the, the basketball junkie and me would love to be able to go four hours a day, but that's not good for our kids. And so we have to optimize what we have two days a week, give them a couple optional situations to come in, maybe get some shots up. And if they don't want to get some shots up, pay. Hey, that's on them. You know, that's, that's fine. No big deal we're just we're just going to open up the gym a couple more times a week and if you want to come in that's great. If you don't don't worry about it. Not that big a deal. And you have again that goes back to talking the talk and walking the walk. I, I can't uh, when we when we do this this summer these kind of optional shooting sessions when kids just want to come in and just get some shots up without having it be drill work or organized that type of thing. If kids don't show up, uh, a lot of the time, if if a certain player doesn't show up, I can't get mad at them because it's optional. It's it's optional and and and, and so uh, we have to do what's best for the kids, and as you work with other coaches, that's got to be the mission of everybody. Not, it's not what's best for baseball. It's not what's best for soccer. It's not what's best for girls' basketball. It's what's best for the kids, and we have to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, um, you want I think one of the things that's been kind of ruined over the last, I don't know how many years, is Playground pickup basketball.
0: Oh, I know. Not
1: having adults around, organizing it and keeping score and whatever. I mean, I just remember those some of the best times I ever had playing basketball in the summer, was just playing pickup oh. out in front of the school. Yeah. And yeah. now it's just everything's organized and structured. And I don't It doesn't. It lessens the creativity. And then the other thing I thought that was important that you brought up, getting a kid a chance to be a kid because yeah. they're not going to get these opportunities again.
0: Yeah yeah oh yeah I Tony I, I spent a lot of time on the asphalt jungle of the central middle school blacktop in Sheldon Iowa during the summers perfecting that jump shot uh, that netted me well I won't tell you how many points a game it was because it's quite embarrassing Tony how many it actually was so uh, but yeah you I agree with you and and one of the things I've, I'm still kind of trying to figure this out we have a nice at our elementary school we have a nice full court pavement, basketball court it's really really nice glass you know those kind of adjustable backboards and stuff like that and i think what we're gonna try and do at some point this summer hey we're gonna drive you over park you know jump in vans we're gonna drive across town and just go play pickup ball on the on the playground for an hour you know and and do something like that and just 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 have a good time with it you know and, and let kids be kids i i think that's important that you do something like that as well so Anything else on this, my friend?
1: No, I just, I, this one's kind of an easy one for me. Uh-huh. Um, work with others so that kids don't get caught in the middle. And I think if that's, that's your mantra and that's the rule that you follow, uh, that's, that's kind of the big takeaway from this one.
0: Yeah. Coaches are absolutely loving are taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. You know what else is my mantra, Tony? Final countdown. It is the final countdown, Tony. It is time for trivia, and and like Woodward and Bernstein, Mister Viss was working on a on a deadline here, and he is ready to to throw out. We've we've had three or four good weeks in a row between the two of us. I think we've had good trivia the last few weeks, Tony.
1: I'm gonna ruin that one today. All right, <laughs> <laughs> you, you ready? Yes, I am. Um, I love run? I love your
0: confidence, by the way. <laughs>
1: Keegan Murray played for the Sacramento Kings today. Yes, he had a great playoff game. game against Golden State. Had a really good game. I can't remember if yeah. he scored 23 or 25.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but can you tell me what other former Hawkeye had 23 points in the playoffs most recently?
0: Oh, good Lord. All right. Uh, There's not oh, a lot of them. Yeah. Wade looking, Bill? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said points, not shot
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay. Uh, sorry, Wade. Yeah. So, sorry, Wade. Uh, let's see here. Uh, no. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Matt Bullard.
1: Ooh, good guess. Good guess. Around kind of that same time frame. Okay. okay. But it's not it's not Maddie B.
0: Not Maddie B. But it's it's roughly around that area.
1: Okay. Around that same area, yeah. Okay. In fact, I think they played at Iowa together as teammates. I think there was a little bit of an overlap there. Um Yeah, yeah, I think the one I'm thinking of is a little bit older than that.
0: I I think I don't think this is... AC Earl? Ooh, another good guess.
1: Another good guess, but before AC.
0: Okay. His Hawkeye career was before AC Earl. True. Okay. All right. Then I think I got it. It's got to be BJ Armstrong.
1: You are correct. Yeah. Another rabbit out of the hat on the third guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my, my fourth guess was uh, Jeff Moe.
1: Oh, uh, Jeff Mo, not I. I thought you might break out of Chris Kingsbury,
0: but yeah. oh, hey, hey, that guy, that guy could shoot it a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I met B.J. Armstrong one time. Did I tell you that? I've no, never heard this story. All right, so my wife and I got married, and we were in Las Vegas for uh, uh, our honeymoon. We went to we went to Vegas for our honeymoon. <laughs> And we went to this like rock and jock thing, all right. Um, and um, so they had some basketball players and they had some celebrities there. So like this was like when Jenny McCarthy was really popular. Um, Tommy uh, uh, Tommy Chong was there of Cheech and Chong. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not an act. It's, <laughs> it's 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 the real deal, man. It's the, it's the real deal Holyfield. Uh you know, and BJ Armstrong was playing in this in this uh benefit rock and jock thing it was at the Hard Rock Casino in Las Vegas. And um and I uh went up as hey BJ, I'm from Iowa. He, he didn't uh truth be told, I don't think I think he was like ready to go back to the hotel and relax or whatever, but I was like, you know, hey, I'm from Iowa, you know, can I get my picture with you, please? And he's like fine, sure. It took like ten seconds. So that was also the night I danced with uh, Donny Osmond.
1: <laughs> yeah, this it was, sounds like quite the quite the night. Oh
0: yeah, it was pretty. I so so it was kind of like one of those deals. I I went to use the restroom or to to get a drink or something like that, and I'm walking back, and Donny Osmond's coming right at me, and there's only room for one person to walk. So <laughs> like I'm here, and I move to my left. And he moved to his right, so I went here, and then I went back to my right, and he went back to his left. So we kind of did this, like, boom, 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 back and forth for, like, three or four seconds together. And, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, here you go, here you go. So I to this day, and when my wife listens to this, she'll be throwing up a little bit in her mouth for me to tell the story publicly. <laughs> but I always say, every time I see Donnie Osmond on TV, I'm like, hey, I danced with that guy. Shut up! I'm dancing.
1: I'm dancing with the stars.
0: I was I was dancing with the star. so... Um so yeah so that's that's the story- that's the story of me and Donnie Osmond dancing together on my honeymoon so huh. so that's top, a classic top that so. Um, that was a good trivia question, Tony. That was that was solid stuff. Keegan Murray did have a good game today. He did have a good game today. So
1: he did. And then after Steph called the timeout late that the oh, Warriors didn't have, I was like, yeah. oh. And then Harrison Barnes, another Iowa connection, had a decent look at a three at the horn to beat him.
0: I had a really really good look at the horn to beat him. It's it's a little serendipitous um, that uh, you know the the you know it's just amazing. It's it's a Miss or make games sometimes, Tony. It's sometimes it's just yes. that simple. You you play forty eight or forty seven minutes and fifty eight seconds, and Harrison Barnes gets a really really good look. And if it goes in, Sacramento probably wins the series. And it didn't, and now it's a three game series. You know, yeah, we're probably so, headed
1: to all seven.
0: Yep, yeah, probably more than likely. So, uh, what's your what's your take on the playoffs so far, Mister Bis?
1: You know, I the Eastern Conference has been better than I anticipated. I I thought, in all honesty, outside of Cleveland and and New York, I thought they would all be sweeps. Mm, really? And so it's been better. Obviously, I didn't plan on Giannis getting hurt and different things, but um, you know, I was surprised Atlanta stole Game Three the other night. Celtics bounced back today. Yep, they Won got a game close four. one. Yep. Um, and then the whole thing. I mean, a lot of interesting calls with people being
0: hit in the groin lately. Yeah. You know, whether it's <laughs> yeah. kicking
1: them or hitting them. It's the like, deal. It's like it's a tractor like, beam. Yes, it's like, holy cow, is there like a magnet? Or what's going on here? But, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, some interesting calls uh, when that happens.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I won't say it. It's a PG-13, uh, it's a PG-13 <laughs> program. So, uh, But, yes, we have had, uh, well, we had the groin incident with uh, LeBron, Against Dylan Brooks, we had the groin incident with James Harden the other night. We had the groin incident with Embiid. Yeah. Um, Am I missing any? Oh, Clack. Yeah, against Claxton. Yeah. Am I missing any other groin incidents, Mr. Vist? I
1: think it's just those three, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's
0: it's it's been it's been good. You know, little surprised uh that the bucks are down two to one now of course Giannis hasn't played the last two games but I mean the the heat took the the bucks behind the woodshed um the other night uh well last was it yesterday I think it was yesterday yeah Yeah, yesterday uh yeah so I was I was surprised to to see that and uh you know, to see them down, I'm a little bit surprised that New York's up three-one on Cleveland. I thought that was, and and they they've looked really good doing it. They've they've, yes. they've played pretty good ball, and and uh, you know, so they're they're definitely headed in the right direction now. Again you know, all Cleveland, you know, and I don't want to say all Cleveland has to do is, but they got, they got to win at home and then they just got to go in and win one game on the road, you know? So, uh, the good thing being down three, one in their case is two of those games are at home. So, you know, they just got to, you know, again, doesn't game six, doesn't matter if they don't win game five. I get that. But, you know, I, I think that's interesting. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I, I don't. I don't think the Timberwolves were ever going to beat the Nuggets, but I thought they'd put up a little bit of a fight and the Nuggets are, are just slapping them around like
1: Yeah. Uh the T Wolves aren't interested in playing defense.
0: No. No. Which is ironic that they got Rudy Gobert because they wanted more defense. Defense. Yes. He let
1: Pat Bev go, who is a is a pretty good defender.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But he's he's another one that is not afraid to attack. Uh, to attack, uh, what we'll call sensitive areas all on human parts anatomy. Of the anatomy. Yes, yes, all parts of the body. So, uh, I thought the Phoenix LA series would be a little tighter as well, but you know, no Kawhi, no PG three, uh, PG thirteen.
1: Um, Russ has played really well. That that's been surprising.
0: Yes, yes, he has played well, and and he's doing all the things that everybody has wanted him to do for a long, long time. And and now he's like, oh crap! I kind of need to do this for us to have a chance. And he's and he has to to, to his credit. I don't want to take anything away from him, but to his credit, he has he has done those things. So um, so yeah. So I I think it's interesting moving forward, Tony. Um, I I think we're kind of setting up. You know, the the Sixers have moved on, um, which is good for Joel Embiid to rest that back, uh, rest that bruise, to get that straightened out and uh, I'm sure they are they were hoping for Atlanta to win this game here tonight, but Boston kind of came in, and I think Boston's got a pretty good stranglehold on that one. I, I think that, that'll probably be done in five little gentlemen's sweep there. Um, and, yeah, so I, I, I think things are shaping up here. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of give our two cents worth on the playoffs here as we continue to move forward uh, week by week here. How's that sound, buddy?
1: Sounds good. I, I just I don't know. So I'm like a kid in a candy store in the NBA playoffs.
0: It's a it's a good ride. Yes, it is. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. So um anything else this week? Uh Mr. Viss on, on working with coworkers, working with other coaches on your staff, uh and and making that as positive as we can.
1: Flexibility and make sure you make decisions that, you know, are fair to everyone and what's best for your student athletes.
0: Absolutely. Sounds great. Well, it has been a great discussion, as always, with Tony here, episode number 35 of The Coaching Staff. Uh, Hopefully you uh, folks got a lot of really, really good stuff out of our conversation here tonight. Uh, always, Always grateful for Tony and his time. I know how busy he is. He's coaching soccer right now. He's working on grad school stuff. So, Tony, thank you for your time, my friend. I really, really You're appreciate welcome. that. So, you just keep that uh, mailbox uh, in check there, or you keep an eye on that mailbox. You never know when another shipment of RB coupons might be coming your way. So,
1: um, I'll be I'll be checking every day after school
0: <laughs> with with bated breath.
1: Yes, yeah. with beef and cheddar breath. <laughs>
0: Uh, maybe get one of those mint shakes or something like that to kind of offset oh, that. Good. Yeah, that's good stuff there. So, episode number 35 of the coaching staff working with other coaches, uh another great discussion with Tony, really really good stuff there. Once again, we forgot to get Chad Angel on the on the program. Chad, we are very very sorry. If you'd like to reach out to us, Chad, we we don't mean to do this. We just get to the end of it and we forget to loop you in. So, Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hold our craft one day at a time.